The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Just gone 20 past uh, 5 o'clock. If you just joined us, welcome to the 101.9 High FM Afternoon Overdrive. I'm Michael McKenna. Joining us on the line now, Rolene Marks, our correspondent from Israel. Rolene, good afternoon. Pleasure. Always great having you with us. Always great to be with you. Indeed, uh, Rolene. Plenty going on there on the Middle Eastern front. Let's start with this rocket fire. IDF strike targets, police fear terror attacks. Please take us through what's going on there. The IDF struck targets in the Gaza Strip earlier today in response to six rockets that were fired from the Gaza Strip towards the cities of Ashkelon and in the towns of Stevot and Surround. Now, yesterday we spoke about the IDF operation in Nablus, where the IDF forces went in to arrest two wanted terrorists for the murder of Staff Sergeant Ido Baruch in October last year. Now, there was a heavy exchange of gunfire. Eleven Palestinians killed, most of those coming from Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Lions Den, and other terror organizations. About a 100 people injured. This is as per the Palestinian Ministry of Health giving those figures. The two wanted terrorists refused to surrender and were killed in an exchange of fire. Now, yesterday, when you and I were speaking, we were talking about Hamas. Uh, their spokesperson saying that they are losing patience. Now, yesterday, the Israeli police um, uh, increased our threat level. We are in a very, very high uh, alert situation at the moment, Mm -hmm. anticipating reprisals, be they terror attacks or the firing of rockets like we saw earlier today. Uh, Again, earlier today, a Palestinian woman uh, tried to stab security guards at the entrance to Ma'ale Adumim. She was um, eliminated in the process, but at the moment, the security situation is extremely, extremely sensitive. Uh, we are expecting that there could be a significant uptick in violence, especially over the weekend. Mm, certainly that's something we don't want to see happening, Rolene. Let's just hope that things will settle and things just calm down but we certainly don't need this at this point in time in our lives on this uh, planet of ours with everything going on around the world. Let, let's move on to Israel's ambassador to the United Nations holding the New York Times accountable for biased reporting. What's going on here? Well, I think this is something that's going to interest a lot of people because I, I frequently get comments and messages about reports in the New York Times. I see them myself. They certainly do raise my blood pressure. But now Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, Gilad Erdan, has written a letter to Joseph Kahn. He is the executive editor of the New York Times. And he speaks about a study that was conducted by Barilan University tracking the New York Times coverage of Israel and uh, the report was published on the 27th of January, which of course you know is International Holocaust Remembrance Day mm-hmm. in Ma'ariv, which is one of our Hebrew dailies. And he says in his letter, he says, the, the results paint a truly shocking and appalling picture 
proving the Times' overt anti-Israel bias. Despite Israel being a globally renowned force for good, your publication intentionally and systematically hides the truth from its, re- its readership, depicting an utterly distorted and falsified reality in which Israel is the root of all evil. And he goes on to speak about Israel as a democracy. But then he starts to give the staggering uh, statistics. So he writes, he says, according to the study, 361 articles were published in the New York Times on Israel from January the 1st, 2022 to the 31st of December, 2022. For every article that portrayed Israel in a somewhat positive light, five demonized the Jewish state. Such staggering disparity cannot be mere chance. And he goes on, he says, for 362 days of 2022, Israel was led by a government which included an Arab party. In contrast, Iran's Ayatollah regime unabashedly accelerated its nuclear program, oppressed women, and murdered innocent protesters in the streets. He says the number of opinion columns condemning Israel was nearly double those condemning Iran, one of the Uh. world's worst (laughs) Mm -hmm. human rights abusers and number one state sponsor of terror. And he says, you know, uh, when it comes to the coverage of the conflict, and I can attest to this, he says the omission of half of the story is... uh, uh, is consistent with the New York Times. I mean, the New York Times trots out people like Peter Baynard who pushes an agenda. And he says, throughout 2022, the New York Times published only four negative articles about Hezbollah, Hamas, and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. These are all recognized terror entities. Um, meanwhile, Israel was the brunt of nearly 200 damning articles Rather than sugarcoating the truth, as is done with the designated terrorists, the Times actively promoted anti-Israel bias. And he goes on to speak about the way that the narrative has been framed in the New York Times is contributing to rising animosity uh, against Israel and, and goes on to warn anti-Semitism is rising at a terrifying rate. Much of today's violent Jew hatred takes the form of of Israel hatred. And part of the blame for this growing bigotry lays on your shoulders. It would be interesting to find out the New York Times a response to that. Uh, let's hope we can, we can elicit a response. So those are crazy statistics which you just ran by us. <laughs> the, the imbalance of it. But really, yeah, as I say, let's hope that the New York Times let's, uh, let's see what they what response they give to this. Uh, really looking forward to seeing exactly how they're going to justify those statistics that you just gave us. Very quickly, Oman has opened airspace to Israeli airlines. A good news story for a change. Well, this is a good news story. You know, I think after all that we've been speaking about uh, over the last couple of weeks with the judicial overhaul mm-hmm. and, and all the controversies around it, um, and we also spoke about Oman just a couple of weeks ago, that instead of moving towards the Abraham Accords, a subject that you and I are both quite passionate about, mm-hmm. they're moving further and further away. However, Earlier today, there was an agreement signed where Oman have agreed to open their airspace to Israeli airlines. And uh, this is really, really important because 
um, this kind of breaks with the rhetoric that they've been speaking uh, of late. And if you are traveling or flying from Israel to Asia, to Australia, that part of the world, the opening of airspace, which is the same as what Saudi have done, significantly reduces travel time and, of course, uh, And opens it up to more markets. And it opens it up to more markets, of course. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I've done the, the traveling from Israel to Australia. Let me tell you something. I thought I was traveling days because it certainly <laughs> felt like it. But uh, a really, really welcome development. Our Foreign Minister, Eli Cohen, thanking the Omani officials, also thanking uh, President Biden because you, we have to acknowledge the role of the uh, Americans in helping to make this happen. But really, really a significantly positive development to talk about for once. Well, let's add one more. We've just got a bit more time to chat. Uh, Rolene, I was very impressed with that story of the two-acre high schools of at-risk youth, one Jewish and one Arab, having joined together to help bring donations of coats, blankets and clothes to survivors of the recent devastating earthquake in Turkey. What an act of solidarity there. It is an act of solidarity, and I'll tell you a little secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, a secret you're not going to read in the New York Times. These kind of projects where there is cooperation between Jews and Arabs and uh, Israelis and Palestinians happens on a daily basis. Unfortunately, for most publications, it's just not sexy enough to talk about. But this is <laughs> okay. really, really special right. that uh, these schools, and this one's a special needs school, they're getting together. They're doing what they can to help uh, the the most vulnerable at the moment, which is now the over 47,000 who have passed away uh, as a result of the earthquake. And, of course, the millions that have uh, suffered or have been displaced as a result of that. So a really special um, message, a project to to end the week. Certainly a terrific initiative there, Rolene. Great always chatting to you, Rolene. We're going to have to leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us and giving us the lowdown of what's happening in that part of the world right now. Rolene Marks, our correspondent from Israel, giving us uh, an update on uh, what's uh, transpiring in the Middle East and Israel today.